You know that song, happiness, happiness, the greatest wish that I possess. Recorded in London, I'm Charlie Braid Price, and I'm producing this episode of the podcast about hedonism. Hedonism. I, I don't think I really knew what hedonism meant, Ruby, when I first thought about this podcast. I was fully ready to do a whole episode just on drugs and alcohol and hippies and stuff like that. But actually, it's kind of got a far more innocent definition. And now, a definition. Hedonism is the school of thought that argues that pleasure and happiness are the most important intrinsic goods and the aim of human life. Okay, Ruby. Mm. Right, what does... What sort of happiness do you pursue? What sort of <laughs> happiness? I think happiness is like on a on a scale. So yeah. I was thinking about um, being content. That's like mm. the lower end of the scale. Of oh, happy. that's gr- oh no! I think that's the upper end. Oh, interesting. Oh my god, contentness is like lush. Ecstasy is like insane happiness, like yeah. euphoria, or like when uh, you become kind of like manic with excitement because yeah. that's still kind of happiness, right? What's made you manic with excitement? Um... I got really excited when something I worked on got nominated for an award. And yeah. I was like, uh, that's really exciting. I got excited when I got jobs, like proper jumping yeah. around, punching the air. Like, good old air punch. That's uh, oh, yes. something that doesn't come out often. Sometimes I, like, slap my knee. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, like, at a football match or something, like a... Do you like... Well, you, yeah, you, I like football. <laughs> two years into the podcast and, like, five years into our friendship. Do you like football? But, like, you know when, like... Uh, someone scores I, when I was a kid I was just like just someone score because I used to get so ex- when someone scored and everyone jumps up it's so I nice. get so excited yeah. and that's like collective euphoria like yeah. everyone around you being happy just as you are and I'm like I don't, in my head I used to be like I don't even care if we lose I just need one goal <laughs> yeah. and then yeah what do you do in those situations do you punch the air do you scream do you shout like what how, what does letting go look like well sadly for me because I'm British I do like an inside scream have you ever oh, done that right? you're like oh and you just like it feels really good inside, but nowhere, nowhere else. Um, and I get excited about lots of things, and I think I'm I'm generally quite happy. Like lots of things make me happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think mostly I I veer between contentment. Like that's the kind of happy that I normally kind of get. Like oh, that's really nice. Mm. I don't have to worry about anything, and that feels good. Rather than the thrill of you know euphoria. Do you like? Do you think about being happy? Because I know people that think a lot about being happy and then other people that are like, yeah, life's cool. And other people are like, no, I'm not happy at the moment. I need to change things. And... Mm. I flit. Yeah, I really flit. I, I definitely have moments where I think that I'm not happy and that I should do something about it. And that like, actually, I can't be like living like if I'm unhappy with my job, for example, I will kind of moan about it to everybody, as you well know, and kind of invert on myself. And, and that's not that's not always beneficial. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always pursuing happiness and I'm always trying to get better. Mm. But I can definitely still see myself outside of myself and be like, you got it good. You should be content. You should be like, OK, with what you have as well. How were you brought up? But you brought up in the pursuit of happiness. (laughs) (laughs) In the American dream. Uh, No, not at all. I I don't think my parents ever discussed happiness uh, in any way to me. Like, you know, you hear hear people telling their kids like... As long as you're happy. Exactly. My parents never would say that to me. (laughs) Never, never about that. Happiness was not something that you strove for in life. You strove for like stability and education and... And all these things that actually it didn't, you know, it was never about happiness. The end goal wow. wasn't that. Um, what about you? Do you feel like you were raised in that kind of environment? In a way, yeah. I remember my parents being like, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy. Mm. And happiness was like the paramount of 
what you could do with your life. If you can achieve happiness, you have reached the tip top of expectancy of, of what you could be. You're successful if you're happy, right? Yeah, and it, I, I could be a window cleaner or the prime minister, but if I was happy, that would be the... End goal. Yeah, like my parents literally don't give a shit about what my job is. Right. Yeah, that's if if point. I could turn up to their house, like one their respective houses, mm. knackered and pissed off about work. Yeah, they don't give a fuck what film I've worked on or <laughs> what TV show I've just I'm made. Just... They're like, you're not happy, so you're failing. <laughs> I think I've just figured it out. Actually, your parents wanted you to be happy, whereas my parents wanted to be happy. <laughs> so they were like, you do what we say, because then I'll be happy. <laughs> What's the happiest you've ever felt? I mean, it's quite a big one. I know, it's a big one. I've, I'm like, I've had a really nice life and there's like loads of things I can be really happy about. Like I've been really happy that like, uh, when I, I remember when I was younger, my mum got sick, she had breast cancer and I remember yeah. feeling insanely happy when we found out that she had the all clear. Yeah. And I don't think I've really experienced a feeling like that before because I was quite young and she was, you know, really a big part of my life. She's my mum and, you know, it was just that moment of being like, everything I thought that was going to happen that was terrible isn't. Um, so that was probably, it. that was quite yeah. cheesy. No, but I think it's the the hope in it when you feel like there's nothing to hope for when you think you're, something's a lost cause and that re- restoration of hope is yeah. really key to happiness. It's like you're able to be happy again, maybe, and I yeah. didn't think I could. So yeah. what about you? Do you have a moment? Is it when you got married? That's what everyone says is the happiest day of your life. Uh, yeah, but I think we've had better moments as a couple. That's so refreshing to hear. Yeah, like, I mean... There were some amazing moments on my wedding day, like, fucking loved it, right? Great day. Oh, I had the best time. I mean, but quite sleep-deprived, and, mm. like, my family were all in the room, and... It- <laughs> you looked very high. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it was, it was like walking on a little cloud, but I think the moment that Jimmy proposed, that rush of just... And it was almost like a relief, in a way... But that was just like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. He wants to be with me and it's all good. That was amazing. But also, I think I I found a lot of happiness in things I've done on my own and freedom. Like, I, I, I get a lot of euphoria from just sitting on my own on a bench on a sunny day <laughs> and reading a book yeah is that really sad no. it should be with other people but but that's the thing about happiness isn't it it's um everyone's definition of it's different mm. somebody can be really happy by a yacht and you know yeah ladies and money and then you can be happy by a bench in a park and the paper and a book about feminism. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make you happy. Sometimes when you read like a line, I get really kind of turned on by a line, mm. like a dialogue, like in a song. And you keep listening to it over and over again so it makes you feel so good. Yeah. Or like a, a line in a book and I read it and I bookmark it and I underline it and I'm like, yeah, that's so good, that's so good. <laughs> and it's like, I think when you're on your own, no one can take that away from you. Mm. The greatest love of all. Yeah. Is that a song about self-love? What, as in like the Whitney Houston one? Yeah. The great. It's happening to me. Learning to your love, love yourself. Is, oh, is that it? Yeah. Really? Oh, that's kind of good. Yeah. Self-love I love my honey. husband though. I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, our wedding was the best day of my life. No, it was, it was a good moment. Best, like very, my proudest moment. Yeah. Which I think is different to like an individual moment of ecstasy, like an mm. orgasm. Yeah, and maybe it wasn't actually hedonism when you got married because it wasn't just about you. No, it felt like it was a community thing. It felt like all our families were together and the mm. safety and the contentment was on proper high stakes that day. Yeah. And has, like, is. Continues to be. Yeah. yeah. 
Did you ever... <laughs> when I was thinking about times I felt really happy, there was this weird... When I was a kid, I used to, like... You know when you get your hair cut in a really different way? And you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to look in the mirror. Like a transformation, yeah. yeah. Did you ever get that? Oh, yeah, I still get it. I'm saving up to get my hair cut so I can have that moment. I have that moment yeah. of just, oh, my God, I cannot wait. I think it's really good if anyone is ever feeling really, like, low and, like, not really sure and they've just been, like, low for a few days and they can't really get out of it. Mm. Getting a haircut is something I would totally recommend doing. Mm. It just feels really good. Even if you just go for a trim, you'll just yeah. feel the difference. You'll feel the weight off a little bit. Oh, the light feeling when you have oh. a good four inches Washing off. Washing your hair. <laughs> Washing your hair the first time you got it off. Yeah. Like, Running a brush through it oh, and it yeah. not being nutty. Yeah, that is nice. Do you ever find yourself chasing a high? That's, I, I felt like I asked that question in a really weird tone. <laughs> chasing a high. It sounded quite <laughs> sexy. Are you into chasing this high? Uh, yeah, all the time, all the time. I think there's, I keep looking for stuff that's going to make me happy. That's like, that's probably one of the big purposes of my life. Not the purpose of my life, but that's a big goal for me. You know, what's going to keep me happy and get me happy and make me have that feeling again. What What's a high you've chased? Um, I think like travelling highs. Yeah. Uh, sexual highs as yeah. well like when sex is really good you want to do it again and you want to feel that same kind of thing have you ever been disappointed oh yeah yeah <laughs> definitely I almost feel like the disappointment of chasing a high that you've once had and it not being quite the same like it's even like visiting somewhere that you've had a really good time in mm. like I've, I've found it with like music festivals where it's like, oh my God, when I was like 21, we had the best fucking night here. And yeah. then you go back and you're like, it's the vibe isn't right the tonight. The vibe's changed. I don't know who's here now. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I, it can be disappointing. But I guess like you're always looking to hire the high. Mm. And actually, I think that can be problematic because if you ever felt like really like this level of like euphoria that I was talking about, the high end of, of happiness, and you think that you can push that line further and further and further... And I think that can be damaging. I think a lot of people who have, like, addictive personalities to yeah. some extent have this kind of, like, I need to keep chasing this high. And, like, that's kind of... You know, like, a lot of drug users and, like, I have taken drugs and I did do, like, taking, like, pills occasionally and getting mashed and dancing and, like, I love that. And sometimes I do think, like, I chase that and, like, want that feeling again. Has it ever been as good as the first time you took a pill? Yes. Okay. I would, I would say drugs that's are one good. thing where you can always come back to the feeling, to a similar feeling. Okay, that's yeah, good. It's quite consistent. Because felt... it's a drug, right? It's like taking paracetamol, you know it will get rid of your headache. You know, it's kind of... Yeah. It has a chemical reaction to you. It's good to know. Like having an orgasm. Mm, yeah. But then some orgasms are a bit But rubbish. like the first orgasm you ever oh. have is fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even know if the first orgasm you have is that good. Because you're just like, what the fuck happened there to my body? Yeah, it's right? more of a shock, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And you just think you've like wet yourself. Well, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so next, I want to talk about the pleasure side of uh, hedonism. Can you have a little sound effect that goes like, ah, ah. <laughs> or a ma- is there a male moan? Because there's <sighs> a woman moan. Pleasure often comes from things that we're not supposed to do. Yep. Like, I, there's not many things that I get a lot of pleasure from that are socially acceptable. I bet you do. What about, like, countryside walks? Or you, you do some stuff I that's get some wholesome. moderate pleasure from that. Right. But not the same sort of pleasure I get Intense from pleasure. a whole bottle of wine 
Mm. A hot bath and a vibrator. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, that sounds fucking dreamy. (laughs) Don't drown. (laughs) Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about debauchery, and that's my reasoning why. (laughs) Debauchery. It already sounds like a naughty naughty word, doesn't it? I know. Debauched. It's like something you're allowed to do because it's got a posh word attached to it. It's yeah. like, let's have a debaucherous weekend. Yeah, it's exactly. like, oh, go on then. It's like what girls at private school talk about. Like, yeah. It's debauched, darling. Rubes, what's your absolute indulgent? Don't worry about morals, social conventions, judgment. You can have access to anything you want. What would you do? Mm. No one would ever know. Apart from everyone listening. Well, I just, I like to smoke weed. So I would just smoke a fuck ton of weed. Okay. And I would watch Netflix all day. Yeah. And I would eat whatever the fuck I wanted. Uh, mainly, mainly sweet things, so I like sweet treats. Yeah. Maybe lots of cake. Yeah. And then I would sleep with my boyfriend all day as well. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. All of those things. Mine would be a bed scenario. Like, mm. really comfy bed. Mm-hmm. Maybe a TV. Maybe not. Maybe books. just you're more like more like books. You great... rub yourself naked with all your books. <laughs> great, great conversation. Great someone that I like read read the same book side by side mm. with someone. Pick it apart whilst having foreplay. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like there'd be prosecco. Mm-hmm. Well, probably champagne because I'm like can do whatever the fuck debauched, I want. Debauched, and yeah. I'd just be the most selfish lover of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Indulge in that. I think if you think about what, like, gives humans, like, in essence, like, break it down to what, like, essential pleasure is, Mm. it is just kind of, like, eating and having sex. That's kind of it Mm. for humans. Like, before... That's kind of it. What else did we need? And, like, doing a big poo when you really need to. That feels nice. That's quite a good release. I mean, I don't know if that would be on my pleasure dome, though. (laughs) Yeah, but you'd be gutted if you couldn't do it again. Yeah, if you could never poo out of your bum again. Mm. Life is all about satisfaction, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So you'd have to be really hungry and really horny. So you'd have to be able to, like, those to those feelings would have things. to keep mm. keep coming. Do you think you would get bored, though? Yeah, but in this world, I wouldn't. Right. It would just be really good all the time. All the time, But, yeah. like, it's like, you know, if you've had sex and one time too many yeah and it's like uh, yeah get off me I'm sore, i hate I'm you tired. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake <laughs> and then the orgasm at the end those very surprising and yeah sometimes painful mm. but good there is something daring and naughty about doing things that you're not supposed to do is that kind of why the line that people say sometimes the line between pleasure and pain is quite thin it is especially in some orgasms mm, you're so right <laughs> <laughs> It really is. It feels so good to be bad, right? Yeah. 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 Like, rebelliousness. Mm. Like, that That felt so good. Bold. I stole a jacket from Primark once, and it felt so Whoa. good. That is that is wild. <laughs> I cannot believe you did that. I just put it on and walked out. Yeah. And that was a real act of, of hedonism for me. Mm. That was for me to test the pleasure of being bad, because I'm quite straight laced otherwise yeah i once swiped a bottle of prosecco from a counter did you counter yeah. it was just like on the bar and i just took it swiped and went it. and sat and drank it with my friends mm. and then we got chucked out of 
Yeah, the a piano bar in Waterloo. <laughs> Getting chucked out of a club when you're with your friends is That's hilarious. So bad, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's because we all go by these like routine day to day. We're in like we're, we're quite like con- confined in what our mm. structures are. So when we feel like we can break out of them, that's always nice. When you're like doing stuff that's like, oh, I know that I'm not allowed to do this, and that everybody will be looking down on me. But I don't give a shit. I kind of feel like womanhood is really closely linked to guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. Like we're often sold things that are bad but good. Because mm. like, yeah, bad boy for life. Like some men are yeah. bad. And it's like everyone loves a bad Women boy. Go, like, Not me. I but... always go for the bad guys. I just love a bad boy. Yeah. It's like you just love people that are dickheads. Yeah. Um, but for a woman, like everything, like from chocolate to shampoo to TV and films, it's like, oh, go on. Have Treat a, yourself. Yeah. Have In, a bowl of special. The indulgence. Yeah. Galaxy. Galaxy. I think it's advertising. It's basically an advert about sex. Mm. Yeah, I think advertising's just got smarter in how they sell you products as well. Because it's like... This galaxy will make you look like this woman who's just in this silky outfit. You know, it's like selling your mm. lifestyle brand all the time. She's basically having an orgasm just from one bite. Mm. She's chosen to get naked and just have one silk sheet over her while she eats that. <laughs> that could be you. I've eaten chocolate in bed before and it just doesn't look like that. <laughs> you didn't have the silk sheet, did you? No. <laughs> but one, let's let's talk about the biggest guilty pleasure in our mist of summer 2018. Oh, yeah, fine. Let's talk about it. ITV2's BAFTA award-winning flagship show, Love, love Island. Island. Welcome <laughs> to Love Island. <laughs> With Caroline Flack and her friends in bikinis. Um, that's a guilty pleasure. Eve, I even heard people at work talking today about, I will not waste my life on that. And other people go, and someone had a Facebook status saying, I'm a feminist, but I love Love Island. And... It is this thing that people... It's so, so popular, but people almost don't want to admit to liking. Mm. But people fucking love it. Mm. If anyone isn't from the UK or has doesn't have access to ITV2, um, Ruby, explain a bit about what Love Island is. So... Love Island. I mean, I, by the way, I've only watched one episode of it, so I just want to clear that up, but and I'm not that into it. But I will watch it, just because people watch it. I want to know what people are talking about. Yeah. But <coughs> Love Island is basically uh, an island that's near Mallorca, where 12 people gather, and they have to maintain in couples for the length of the series. And they do a bunch of different challenges, and then they have to like swap out couples. And basically, the aim of the game is to stay in a couple mm-hmm. to the end and not betray each other. And you can win 50,000 pounds if you say till the end yeah you're basically commodifying love exactly they're putting people in a controlled environment so it's like a reality show kind of similar to big brother where the whole house is rigged up but they've got a massive swimming pool and they don't really wear clothes everyone's in bikinis or swimming costumes all the time everyone's swimming everyone's like having sex yeah they have sex under the bed covers yeah a lot a lot of pumping going on Pumping, quite it's pumping. have you seen the sex scenes in it i have watched a few of the sex scenes yeah it's Worth. hard to get away from them mm. they are you can see what they don't look the like good sex no one's taking their time no <laughs> take your time enjoy it like fuck it if i was having sex on tv i'd want people to know i'm having good sex on tv i don't want to be like pounded by some moron <laughs> well maybe you did when you were between the ages of 20 and 23 because those are literally the people in it yeah no one's older than that really there was one girl was 29 in it oh okay fine so yeah, yeah. oh well that's quite close to our, our age really i know what's she doing in there that's what i thought did you know that more people applied to love island this year than they did to oxford and cambridge do you see this yeah tina, yeah tina tina tweet shout out to tina because that was like a 
mind-blowing stat. Well, it's easier to get on Love Island. <laughs> like, you just... Everybody that goes on it is basically... I don't know if it's easy to get on it. You everyone's heterosexual. Mega hot. Yeah. You look like a swimsuit model. It Most... Almost all of them are white. And if you're a person of colour, you're light-skinned. Yeah. And chosen last. Yeah. They're always chosen last. It's heteronormative. It's... I'd say I'd say sexist if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Sexist program. It's awful. It's it's dumbing it, it praises people who are dumb as well. Yeah. I know that sounds maybe I'm being a bit of a dick, but I don't care. Like the shit that they come out with mm. and we're like, oh, everyone should be watching this. It's like, should we? Mm. In TV land we live in a world where we're constantly being asked to recreate the next Love Island and it breaks both of our hearts it's quite just- substantially I don't know why anyone would ever need to um, we're just going to play a little clip of some of the people on Love Island this year just so you can get a bit of a vibe for the sorts of uh, characters in there I'm Jack I'm 26 and I sell pens for a living I wasn't allowed to work with the women at one point because when we was hiring the women I ended up sleeping with them I'm Hayley Hughes I'm 21 and I'm a model from Liverpool the emoji that best describes me is an angel because I'm an angel I'm Wes, I'm 20 years old. If I was going to be an emoji, I would be the aubergine because I have a big one. <laughs> I'm Laura, I'm 29 and I'm an air hostess. I am a fully fledged member of the Mile High Club. Ruby, is it harmless fun? Could, could, we, could we possibly say that? I can't, I'm sorry. Mm. I think I'm I'm a happy-go-lucky, fun-loving girl. Most angles and most people would say that. I'm such a fun-loving girl. I just think this is the kind of television that makes me sad that I'm part of the same industry as it. Mm. Honestly, I think it's demeaning to the people that work on it. It's demeaning to women. It It's like, I, d- I didn't watch the last series. Everyone was like, oh, they had this really like, frank discussion about feminism and monogamy and they can have these moments about it, but... If that's the only way we can get people to start looking and talking about certain subjects is to put them in this reality show environment. Hyper real reality. Yeah, hyper real, but not even. It's, it's, they all look the same. There's no diversity of characters. I can't see the diversity of voices and placing this promotion on being heterosexual, Mm -hmm. uh, being fucking skinny and glamorous and tanned and Mm. white. Yeah. And also being in a relationship, placing the emphasis on those things is just not mm. a world I want to live in. I want a diverse world where people can look the, however the fuck they want, sleep with whoever they want, and also you can be single, and that's okay too. The, the fact that people get chucked out if they are single. Yeah, that's not a, a world that we should be promoting, <laughs> please, thank you. It's like if the 50s could make a TV show. <laughs> yes. It kind of reminds me of, you know, like those old-fashioned like beauty queen competitions where they all step out around the pool in their bikinis. It's basically yeah. that in 2018. What is the joy of seeing something that goes against so much of the modern world? Because Mm. we're living in the most woke time. (laughs) I'm so glad we're living in woke times. I just think that it's an inaccurate representation of young people because there are so many brilliant young people doing amazing amazing things to society like Amica George is 17 and she's like about to end period poverty in this country. Like it's amazing. She's people like that, people I want to hear about. These people, for me, and I hate to say these people because they're not one thing. I think the thing that people like about them, the thing that people like about Love Island is you get to see beautiful things. It's like p- basically porn actors with the physique it's of a porn moving actor. Instagram. Moving Instagram. I mean, that's literally what that first clip is. It's like someone's Instagram going on behind them. You get to see the movement of it and you get to see the reality of it. And maybe to some to some angle, you, it's aspirational because you think I can get their bodies, I can wear their, their mm. clothes, maybe I could get that guy one day. Also, I can be rich and famous quick. 
I can be rich and famous quick, yeah. I feel like there are some similarities to like um, glamour models of the past, like when thinking about the women and like the, now the men are taking part in this too. It's like mm. if I can give up the autonomy over my body, I can make a shitload of money. What's a, a young girl from a, you know, from a particular area who he's working a low paid job mm. and wants to make some money and make something of their and life. You know, and this is the this is the perfect opportunity. Know, if the ultimate goal in life is to get married, get rich, Love Island fulfills two of those things, weirdly, yeah. doesn't it? Like yeah. it gives you a partner and it gets you rich. So yeah, but you have to do it. I mean, some of the challenges are so bad. They they literally One with demean yourself. Throwing and... slapping the girls on the face with sausages. Yeah, all sexual, all like horrific. And if you're, if, I mean, if you're a woman on that show, you have to play a certain archetype of woman. And in the same way, if you're a man, you have to do the same. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like the women always come out much, much worse. Yeah, the the men really dominate the the women on that show. There are a few feisty women. The men in there, also, but... from what I saw from the two episodes, I saw dominate the dialogue. Uh, they got they got way more screen time than oh I saw God. in one episode. I would love to do it a, t- a minute by minute takedown of Love Island yeah. because they got way more to say. They were like in their packs talking, and the the, the things that they were filmed doing when they were we doing downtime. We should watch it with stopwatches of how much we should. Male and female the men like sit around speak. and have these like really frank discussions, and the women would be having like little giggles while putting their makeup on. And I was like, I want to know what they're actually thinking and talking about. Why yeah. don't we see that? Fucking Love Island. Love Island. Do you ever feel like your happiness is just being sold back to you and that it's something that you haven't organically grown yourself? I think I see other people's versions of happiness and I see like that kind of in my face quite a lot, like on social media or Hashtag advertising. <laughs> yeah, like everywhere you see other people's versions of what makes them happy. My best life. And then your happiness is challenged, your the things that make you happy are. But I think mm. that there is something, you're right, there is something like organic. There is like a feeling when you know you're happy, like it's in the pit of your stomach or it's in your tingles in your spine. That, yeah. That's something that you own. But then you, you definitely feel other people's ideas of it projected onto you and then that mm. makes you panic because you're like, wait, I am not that tall and that thin. Does that mean I'm not happy? Because yeah. she looks really fucking happy in that picture. So yeah, I feel like I'm being sold happiness all the time. And yeah. instead of being sold, again, like I was saying about advertising, they basically sell you products with this thing with that all of your happy. emotions yeah happiness is like our religion i reckon it's something that we will cling on to with all of our might that we we truly truly believe in all mm. of it in this secular country and it's across every religion like happiness is like the core of how we should be but then you can't be hedonistic can you you're not we're not encouraged to be hedonistic and like seek happiness all the time above all other things yeah you should be doing it, and while you're doing it, be able to be like kind and nice to everybody else's happiness. It's like it's this formula that's impossible. So companies are even getting on the happiness bandwagon, <laughs> and like work isn't a happy. Like sometimes it can be, but like work, come on, yeah. we're just there to make money. Leave us alone. <laughs> um, companies know that when their workers are happy, everything works better. Statistics show that cheerful worker is twelve percent more productive than a non-cheerful worker, for example. Mm-hmm. And a growing number of corporations employ chief happiness officers. So Google has a jolly good fellow, which is, <laughs> is actually it? a job title, wow. to keep people's spirits up. Jesus. Would you ever be I'm a, a jolly, good, jolly good fellow? 
Uh, no, I think that's a ridiculous thing. You can't employ somebody to <laughs> make everybody happy. You have but you're to, like, like the jolly good fellow. When I fought <laughs> with you, you were the jolly good fellow with the team. But I think my, my <laughs> jolly good fellow process is not about is not about telling encouraging people to be happy. It's like encouraging them to find their happy. Like everybody, <laughs> that makes you sound like a jolly no. good fellow. But I mean, like you have to treat people as individuals and be like, what? Maybe God, maybe I'm a jolly good fellow. You're such a jolly good. If anyone fellow. is listening from Google. I would love to climb over. Really? That's a <laughs> well, great idea. Jo- I should have looked up how much Jolly Goodfellows get paid. It's a decent fucking salary. Online, or social media is your, with your outward, outward projection of how you're feeling. Ruby, are you hashtag blessed? <laughs> hashtag blessed. Uh, oh, no, I've never used the hashtag. I think I've used it as a joke. Yeah. Oh, but, ironically, but then, but then is that. Mate, that's how emojis got so big, because people are using them ironically, and now they're yeah. like, yeah, they're released. Now they're part of our dialogue. Today. They're just it, yeah. I I think I don't mind people who post something cool when something good's happened. Like there's this friend on Facebook and she like likes to run, she's trying to lose weight, and she's always right. like encouraging stuff and she just she's just quite positive about her. Um but then there's just some people who like post pictures of their boyfriends and like point arrows to their six pack and they're like blessed and you're like, mate, what's going on there? I find sometimes that posting to be like a real sign of insecurity. And maybe a hashtag not feeling blessed. Hashtag not feeling great about my life. Yeah. Needing some validation from everyone else. So for me, hashtag blessed is kind of tinged with a bit of sadness. Yeah. Whenever I see a hashtag blessed, I'm always a bit worried. And like, there's a hundred days of happiness challenge. Have you seen that? No, what's that? So over a hundred days, you have to post a picture of something that's made you feel happy that day. People I know that have done it have been struggling with depression and just low times in their life. And they're using it as a way to kind of get themselves back on track. So Mm. it can be anything from a picture of your coffee and being like this the person that's serving this coffee was really friendly and had a really good morning. Mm. Or my kids, these are my kids. They made me smile when they came home from school and made me feel better. Breaks my fucking heart, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's cool if that works for you and everyone should just do what works for them when it comes to their personal happiness. Such a jolly good fellow. (laughs) But, (laughs) But I think it's hard because what you have to try and understand about social media is you're you're shouting out to the world and annoyingly the world's gonna listen Mm. and there'll be insecure people there feeling unhappy about things and your post could really hurt them or take them down a peg or make them feel insecure about their life yeah and i know that it's not your responsibility i know that i know people like what is my fucking time line it's got to be someone's responsibility someone has got to take that on so when you post shit about being really blessed and happy it it can be damaging you know but if, if you've been going through a rough time and you post it I'm sure everyone will, will like your post and, and support you. And support you. I think it just depends where you're coming from. But I mean, there's just so many people on Instagram when you look at their lives and you just think, do you count your blessings? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen you count, count your blessings online. Does that mean you count how many people have liked a post? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. How many shares? Outside of social media, do you count your blessings? I'm not, happy for. No, not regularly enough. Like in Thanksgiving when they're like, I'm thankful for. I don't, not regularly enough. And I should, because I'm, you know, really privileged and I'm not going to be <laughs> I looked online about how do I look happier? What, like physically look happier? Yeah, yeah, because I thought your outward presentation of being happy is very socially important. Well, it's not like you have resty bitching face. I have a resting happy face because my dad <laughs> said to me, stop looking so sad because I was a very nervous child and he was like, just smile and it will make people like you and want to be friends with mm. you and just keep smiling and it will make you feel better. 
And I did, and I haven't stopped. How I, does it work? Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm happy all the time. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you how to feel physically happier. This is just like, I just Googled the question, and this is what came back. Take a deep breath and let your muscles relax. Make yourself smile for 10 seconds. I can't do a natural smile. It feels like... <laughs> If you make yourself smile for 10 seconds, it actually triggers happy neurochemicals within your brain. Is that serotonin? Let yourself laugh. Ha ha ha. Stand up straight. Keep your chin up and put your shoulders back and open your body invitingly. Ooh. Do you feel happy? Um, I feel really positive when I'm in this dance. I'm having quite a good day. So I think, it, yeah, I think I'm okay. Yeah. I'm really sticking my boobs out there. I don't know. That feels kind of unnatural. Tits and teeth. Tits and teeth. <laughs> That's where that comes from. Tits and teeth. The song Happy by Pharrell was the most successful song of 2014, with 13.9 million units sold worldwide. Units? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a unit of happy? <laughs> I just thought I'd put that in. I yeah. was just, I was listening to the song when I was thinking about this podcast, mm. and I just Googled it. I wanted to just... Did you ever see the interview where he like cries about how it has made everyone happy? So like <laughs> the music video is basically lots of people around oh, yeah, the world like mount, um, yeah, yeah. syncing it, and then basically it went kind of went viral on YouTube, and loads of people just started recording their own videos mm. of it and like sending it to them. And he watches this reel, maybe with like Oprah or someone. Oprah's like, yeah. "How do you feel? Like, how has this made you feel?" And he was like, oh, "I'm just so." happy and you're like man you could have said anything like, <laughs> even tried to do a promo for your song right then and it wasn't that when he was wearing that hat mm, the pharrell hat the year of the hat the year of pharrell's hat yeah wasn't that a dare someone said i bet you can't wear that hat for a year or he lost a bet or something they're like you have to oh, wear yeah, it every, like every public appearance for a year yeah it's like weird because you know he basically stole that song Oh no. Okay, firstly, doesn't make me happy. If it goes, um, clap along if you feel like, like happiness, happiness is the truth, right? Yeah. What about if you're happy and you know we're <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they were similar. I thought you were going to say someone else had recorded it and he stole the promo. <laughs> Not that it's if you're happy and you know it. <laughs> I mean, that is. A- I mean, why do we make children do that? We're indoctrinating children to be happy and clapping their hands like idiots. <laughs> They're going around like. Speaking of our best lives, have you ever considered a life coach or giving money to a self-help guru? <laughs> I feel like I know the answer to this. I haven't, but you know what? <laughs> Fucking hell, why not? If I had money and then I could have a life coach just for one session to help me sort it out. It's like a personal trainer. You, yeah, but they're not one session. Can't you just pay for a taster? Introductory offer. Okay, so if you're going low grade self what are they called life coach mm-hmm. don't mind shouting <laughs> if you're going low grade life coach they charge about 200 pounds a month which includes Jeez. three long phone calls or me- <laughs> meetings and additional emails and phone calls as required wow it's a lot of money but if you're top end life coach um we found a guy online called a 34 year old polish guy called michael serwer who is like an elite life coach and he makes 500k a year Telegraph was saying it's one of the best paid jobs you can have without any qualifications. <laughs> His clients pay him about £35,000 a year and they receive fortnightly sessions at his Mayfair apartment where they can wow. work on improving their scores in 25 areas of their life and they have access to him 24-7 via WhatsApp. Great. I mean, he just sounds like a really good friend. What? 
for 34k a year mate i've got to be honest you've been a bit of a life coach to me and you're much cheaper than that (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're my life coach i've just got to taste you a bagel and you're happy (laughs) (laughs) you're probably one of the only people on message at weird hours (laughs) (laughs) and ask really abstract questions to like isn't uh yeah it's that thing of being asked able to ask anything Mm. and not worrying about the emotional labor you're putting on your friends yeah because, like, with a friend, you do think, oh, I've come to you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I need to You're stop. You're tired of me, aren't you? Yeah. I don't want to hear your problem. <laughs> I just want to tell you mine. <laughs> so would you ever... So you would do it if you or had I'd to... I'd give it a shot. Yeah, to... why not? I'd, I'd be interested to know what their, um, you know, recommendations are. How do you feel about happiness being a business? <sighs> it's worrying, isn't it? Because... But is it is it now becoming a business or has it, has it always been? Because if... Money can buy you happiness. Hasn't that always been part of and it? And we did say that. Did we say that? I mean, I definitely Money can bring that. you power. No, we did. We said that at the end of the last mm, podcast. Yeah. I think if we've always agreed that money can buy you happiness, then we are... Maybe we're not happy about money, be, uh, happiness being a business, but we definitely can see that it is and has been for a while. Mm. And it's just getting worse as far as I can see. This whole, like, eat clean, live well be this amazing version of yourself all the time it doesn't allow for anybody not to be that and it's very individualistic isn't it it's like all these things that we could do and that we could pay for that will make us better like wellness self-help these gurus like you often do them on your own Mm -hmm. so like you go and do meditation class on your own yoga yoga retreats yeah um, gym that's about you yeah personal trainer and trying to be live your best life mm. shouldn't we be trying to live our best lives as a community yeah and living in a community means you have to sacrifice some of your happiness to help other people mm-hmm. like yeah. there are things you won't want to do exactly it's like kind of almost when you're in a relationship as well like when one of you's happy and the other one's not feeling great you know you, you negotiate some of your happiness for them and you try and build them up and you mm. try and do that and that's how we should all be with each other perhaps instead know. of paying someone to yeah. just it's like when did uh, support groups become less important than like one-to-one uh therapy Reeves, do you think we need to be happy yeah of course we do oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to be a bit happy, yeah. I think happiness is something that is vital in everyone's lives and everyone should have a chance and opportunity to to be part of it. And we need we need it to exist. But it should not be the thing that we are all the time. And Our should, sole pursuit. Yeah, exactly. And we shouldn't aim for a life where we're always happy all the time because I think if you're never unhappy, you'll never even know what happy looks like. I think the individual pursuit of happiness is in itself selfish. But... Mm. You can be a bit selfish sometimes. Yeah. Like, if I go for a massage, right, probably about three times a year, that's okay. But I shouldn't go every week. (laughs) Yeah. You shouldn't get addicted to them. But also, happiness is a nice thing to give to somebody. Yeah. If you can try and do something to make someone happy, I know that I still will get a thrill out of making somebody laugh at yes. a joke of mine. Yeah. Or if I see someone who's upset and I talk to them for a bit and then they kind of like look a bit better and I feel really great about that. Yeah. And you know, that kind of altruistic like... Helping. Yeah. So it's, I think people, I see people that need some happy injected into their life. Mm. And if I can be a jolly good fellow for them, <laughs> count me in. <laughs> Amazing, you're such a jolly good fellow. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Hope that you can all go on and pursue happiness and pleasure at your own risk, obviously. Mm. 
We uh, are we going to do that cheesy? Yeah, we should. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, we have lots of other episodes. Just get into our archive and check them out. We also have a website called daspodcast.com and we're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Like it. Share it. Das, das it. it.